Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Hey, kid. How you boys doing? Hey, keep chilling. Looks like me and Vincent caught you boys at breakfast. Sorry about that. What you having? Hamburgers. Hamburgers! The cornerstone of any nutritious breakfast. McDonald's, Wendy's, Jack in the Box, where? Big Kahuna Burger. Big Kahuna Burger? That's that Hawaiian burger joint. I hear they got some tasty burgers. I ain't never had one myself. How are they? Davis on the run. Malik Davis, first NFL touchdown. Second highest scoring fourth quarter in NFL history, 33 from Dallas. Mm-hmm. This is a tasty burger. The only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? How about them, Cowboys, indeed. Well, it's certainly not every week in the NFL that you get a 50-burger. Getting to witness one, and it's certainly not every week that it happens with your Dallas Cowboys, but it happened this evening, 54-19, over those Colts. We're going to do a little bit of a breakdown here. We'll be back later in the week to talk about it more, but it's a late night. We've got John Mishota out at the stadium covering this one. KT is staying up late with us, even though he does early morning terrestrial radio. So we appreciate him. So welcome in. It's about them, Cowboys. I'm Kent. And joining us, of course, is uh, John Mishota from your late local news and The yeah. Athletic, who I just watched him uh, kill it on my on my television. And, of course, KT is here to host this one. Hey, KT, what's up, man? Well, I, if you guys would have told me, hey, the Cowboys win by 35 going into this game, I'm like, okay, I mean, it's possible, but 35 at the NFL, that's a lot. If you would have told me that the game would have still technically been hanging in the balance with 17 minutes of game clock left, I'd be like, I don't know about that. And they still win by 35? How is that possible? That was a laugher in the end. But weirdly, even though it never felt like the Colts had a chance, even though the game was close, it was still kind of there. That was a weird one, John. I don't know how you, how it felt in the building, but that was a that was a strange one. No, it was. And while it's, it was setting up with our typical playing with your food game at the beginning, like we pretty much expect whenever they play a really poor team with a head coach that's coming out of the TV booth. Um, I just I don't know. The way I looked at it was outside of maybe Jerron Bland. And Malik Hooker, who on the team really played their best game. And they went 33 unanswered in the fourth quarter. They win by 35. And I don't even care if it's a bad Colts team. You do that against any NFL team. It's, it's pretty impressive. Dak didn't play his best game. CD didn't. T- Tony Pollard didn't. Uh, Gallup, that, I mean, you can make an argument there, especially in the in the red zone. Uh, it wasn't Zeke's best. Uh, it wasn't the offensive line's best. It wasn't Demarcus Lawrence's best. My, Micah didn't have a major impact like we're used to out of him. Trayvon Diggs didn't have a major impact. He looked like a player who was coming off of an illness last week and missed most of practice. So to go out there and play the way that they did, I don't know, the way my biggest takeaway is is that 
It's not just watching this game today. It's watching all these games today. And you just see the NFL. There is a separation going on right now between the bottom level teams and the teams that are, are getting on that echelon to make a run. Now, I think the Kansas City will still be there. And obviously they lost today. But when I look at what Philadelphia and Dallas did today, man, everything's setting up for it to be a collision course between them two. And, and, and that, you know, hey, it could be Dallas getting there through a wild card. And maybe that's the NFC Championship game. I don't know how it's going to unfold, but I could see that game in the playoffs being the one that decides who goes and represents the NFC, especially with Garoppolo being out now. Um, losing Anthony Brown, that obviously hurts, you know, and, and he wasn't playing well early in the game, and there's obviously a lot of criticism for him, but what are your other, other options? Calvin Joseph, he didn't play great either, but now they have to turn to him because it looks like Anthony Brown has an Achilles injury that's most likely going to end his season. You know, Odell Beckham's out there at wide receiver. There aren't corners that are out there like that. You're not going to just go and find a corner right now. So you got to do with what you got. And that looks like you're going to have to do with what they had in the second half there. We have it's Calvin Joseph, Deron Bland, Trayvon Diggs. And so, you know, there's going to be some games where that could be a weakness, but other parts of the team have to make up for it. And, and I don't know. I just think that there's really good depth in this team. And they just they look like a team that is is peaking at the right time and then a team that's also going to get Tyron Smith back likely next week and then possibly you add Odell Beckham in the mix there's just there's a lot of things to be excited about for as boring as the beginning of this game started as much as they were playing with their food by the end of this night you were looking at it as like damn they did show you that this is one of the better teams in the NFL and 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 I feel the same way about them today that I felt 24 hours ago they are absolutely in the thick of it and if they can stay healthy, avoid their, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo type injury, their a major injury like that. And this is the team that's out there. They got a good as chance to anybody. Let's uh, let's throw it to Saad, who's uh, joining us. Saad, uh, your thoughts on uh, that laugher out at AT and T Stadium? Yeah, I mean, look, I I know we kind of we you know when we were picking scores, I kind of like you know took you guys back when I kind of took you guys aback a little bit when I picked it like 42 to seven or something like that. Right. But this is exactly what I expected. Like, you know, this was, this, this is bad teams are bad teams. And like, you know, I, like, I think like what John just got done saying, they played with their food for a little bit. That's fine. Um, those interceptions, like, you know, that the interception Dak had before the half, not great, all that stuff. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, I, I think that, you know, the way that the Cowboys played the way that, um, the way that they're supposed to play is how they played for a quarter and a half, two, two quarters. And that's all they needed against the Colts to even make it this way. And I think overall, I really like the way that the entire team, you know, played in terms of, um, in terms of like, you know, the receivers and, uh, receivers and quarterback kind of being a little bit more on the same page when they were clicking, not, not the entire game, but when they were clicking and that's what they need to show. That's what they need to be like. And the defensive front and the back end, to me, the the what like you know what what John just said about the Jimmy Garoppolo injury, they need to avoid that. But I'm getting a little nervous about that injury in situation on the back end. But um, but other than that, I thought it was just you know a quality win all the way. Yeah, when we going into this game, you were looking at like, oh, this team has given up the most sacks of anybody in the NFL with the Colts, and you put them against this Cowboys front. Oh, they're gonna hit. Matt Ryan all night. They're probably going to have eight to 10 sacks in this game. And that first half, only two sacks. It's a team that gives up three and a half, four sacks per game. They only had two sacks, both on blitzes, one by Anthony Barr, who that was his first sack of the season. The other by Donovan Wilson, who, hey, he's a safety. That was his fourth sack of the season. But in both those instances, you're talking about guys that are completely unblocked, coming on blitzes, 
it wasn't the Demarcus Lawrence, the Dorrance Armstrong, the Micah Parsons, like we thought. Matt Ryan only got sacked three times in this game. So that that's the thing where you look at that stuff and it's like, none of these games are going to go exactly how you draw them up, you know? That's why it makes it so difficult to bet on games because you just never know. How, I mean, I thought Matt Ryan played pretty well for the most part. I thought he, he had some nice throws that kept them in, in this game and kept it competitive. Uh, but ultimately, in the end, it just this Cowboys team is so much better uh, than they are, and they're so much better than the next two teams that they're going to play. And so I thought it was impressive that they were able to do what they did and now they got to do it for these next two games, because then if that happens, then it shows you that they weren't looking ahead to Christmas Eve. They, you know, so much. That's what we do. We're looking at oh, Christmas Eve. Yeah. What are they going to do against the Eagles? Let's just fast forward to that. They can't do that. And I think maybe early in the game, there might have been a little bit of that. Um, but in that in that second half, they clearly look like, you know, the team that we think that they are. You know, the Cowboys in the back half of last year had three games that were blowouts. I know we think of the Atlanta game, but there were a couple games. They, they were really big, you know, 20-plus point victories, big blowouts. And I remember just how we all felt about it going into the playoffs. We were kind of like, eh. It, it almost felt like a mask. And I don't know, we do these podcasts like after the game on Sunday nights, and then when we reconvene on Tuesday to get ready for next week's game, sometimes my opinions change. But the the, the whole night, even when the game was close, I felt like the Cowboys were up by 20. It just did, it just never even seemed plausible, and, and we can say it's the NFL and all that stuff. And that's where I kind of went, this is different than last year. And they haven't run into the same problems offensively. This is five straight games of rushing for 150, throwing for 150, and scoring at least 25 points. They're the first team in NFL history to do that for five con- consecutive games. Like, they're starting to really hit their stride there. CeeDee Lamb has turned into a guy who can take a game over, and we've seen that slowly transform this year. And then we've said this three, four weeks in a row now. Michael Gallup sure looked a little bit better. Michael Gallup sure looked a little bit better. And their box score lines aren't going to blow you away. I mean, CD even five at 71. Michael Gallup, again, not like a he what was it, Michael Gallup, four at, for 23 yards and two touchdowns. Not my The Cowboys aren't trying to blow you away in the box score. And they're trying to run the ball just as much as they're throwing the ball. And they're able to do that because their defense helps them out so much. And, they're, they end up being pretty efficient offensively, even though the first half was a little wonky. So I guess what I'm saying is, you're right, man. What you said earlier is the cream is rising, and that Jimmy Garoppolo injury is huge. I, that is huge because that was looking at everything and rosters and on paper and who you'd beat. You know, when you beat Minnesota 40-3, to it's easy to go, well, better than them. But San Francisco was the one that always kind of worried me outside of Philadelphia, and yeah, I'm scratching them off. I'm sorry, Mr. Irrelevant's not taking them to the Super Bowl. It, it's Dallas and Philadelphia. And Cowboys can't even, well, if they don't catch Philadelphia, can't even get a home game uh, in the wild card round. So, But you're right, John. I mean, the cream has uh, risen to the top, and they've proven they are a top four team in this league. I just didn't think that they would be able to play as convincingly as they did in the second half without like I said, a Demarcus Lawrence, a Trayvon Diggs, a Micah Parsons. I feel like this team kind of goes as those big three go on defense. And they didn't really need that from those guys. And there were other guys that stepped up and made plays. And so, you know, I look at this team as yeah, Anthony Brown went down and, and that's gonna that's gonna hurt them a little bit. They're gonna need a lot more from Calvin Joseph. Uh, but what's gonna happen is that yeah, there's gonna be some teams that they're gonna score a little bit more uh, on the Cowboys. But this Cowboys team is built to put up more points than they were putting up earlier in the year. I mean, ever since Dak's been back, you can tell this offense keeps hitting on another level, another level. And certainly, I think 
the key to all of that is just we've seen Tony Pollard just take things to a, to a different level for him. I mean, he's, he is a special running back. He's healthy. I just, I think there's just a lot of things going on right now where they just look like they're so much better than they were last year at this time, even though they were healthy last year at this time. And I think Minnesota is a better team than they were last year. And so I keep going back to that game, blowing them out 40 to three. That's something that I don't know that last year's Cowboys team would have done. Now I know that they beat them up in Minnesota with Cooper rush. That was, that was right after the bye. I, I just don't think that that Minnesota team was as good as this one is. And so that was the first time when I saw that, that's when I was like, Oh yeah, no, that, they're on a different level here. And then just even today, I, I understand that, yes, the Colts, and we'll look back on it and be like, yeah, the Colts are terrible. They're going to be, you know, picking in the top 10, whatever. But this is what you got to do against teams like that. And, and and to take care of business at home, Sunday night football, there's like a lot of things about this game. It would have been easy to just kind of sleep on them. And let's be honest here, guys. The most important thing is that they were able to win with that red stripe on their helmet. You know, there was a long time here where people were thinking that that just couldn't happen. By the way, real quick, found it very interesting how that was not really talked about leading up to the game. You know, there was nothing on their, any of their social media channels. No one really said anything about that. And maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I just felt like, I know what you're yeah, saying. It must be. Yeah. It might be because of just how bad they played against the Broncos last year. People are like, they're going to wear those helmets, but don't let anybody know until kickoff. You know, when they run out there, you know, for warmups or something about an hour before the game, people can figure it out then, but we're not telling them and giving them a heads up, but that, that was good. Today was, Tonight was a good night for the red stripe. You know, I was able to kind of bury those, those yeah. demons of that, of that Broncos loss. Finally. Um, can, can you, uh, would you believe that, um, Odell Beckham and Richard Sherman joined the Cowboys five years ago? How crazy would that have sounded? See how I'm trying to talk Richard Sherman out of his Amazon job now. Yeah. I don't think he sounds like he's as interested in it. I don't know if he's been, quite working out as hard as maybe he was when he was playing. I just have heard people talk about that with him uh, in the last month or so. And he just didn't seem like he was that, that thrilled about that idea. Maybe, Hey, maybe this is Kendall Sheffield's time. I don't know, but there's going to have to be some guys that have to step up, man. There's just, there's going to have to be, I don't know. It's, it's a, you don't know what you've got until it's gone, man, because you know, Kelvin Joseph, it took him one punt into this game for people to go, good Lord, here we go. What is again. this guy doing, dude? Just <laughs> the, oh man, it's an embarrassment. But on the other hand, hell, this is what football is. Let's see what he's got. I mean, I don't know. I Not every team in this league's got their, you know, both starting corners or all three starting corners, I guess, at this point in the league, like out there. So there is something to be said about that, I think, but... Uh, you know, let's see what he's got. Let him play. Maybe in three games, get a little confidence boosted after he goes up against Nico Collins and Chris Moore of the Texans and <laughs> see if he can have any luck with Zay Jones and Christian Kirk and Marvin Jones after that. And then, and then let's see some, you know, maybe it's just a slowly developing second round player. Look, the talent's there. Biggest, I mean, he's gone toe to toe with Devonte Smith Casey. before, you know, my biggest, my biggest concern with him in, in, in his coverage is that he gets real grabby and he doesn't make a lot of plays on the ball. And so this is a guy coming into this game. He was already one of their top, uh, I think he had five penalties against him and he wasn't playing very much in defense. You know, there were, I think it was three on special teams, two on defense. I just, even on the, on the touchdown he gave up, I was like, man, they could, they probably could have called pass interference on that. That's where I get in a, in a little bit of concern because it's a team that obviously like, Hey, tonight, only three penalties. I mean, that's, that's a low for the season. That's, that's impressive. That's obviously been an Achilles heel for them, but 
the Kelvin Joseph thing that I'm concerned about is that when he does get out there, is he going to be able to not commit the penalties and stay on his guy? Because let's be honest, these quarterbacks aren't going to want to throw at Trayvon Diggs very often. So when you're that opposite corner, you're going to see a lot of work and you can get burned and you can give up plays, but you got to make some plays too. And I just haven't seen him make enough plays uh, for me to be like, they're going to be okay there. To honestly give you a perfect example, it's when Jordan Lewis went down, you see Jerron Bland step in there. Yeah, he's not perfect on every play, but he makes plays. And yeah. we saw it again tonight. So you feel confident there. And, and, and Anthony, Anthony Brown wasn't necessarily like a total, like totally uh, the mark for teams offensively. Like he, uh, he's not all pro or anything, but he's very serviceable, uh, serviceable, uh, more than serviceable. Like he's, he's a good cornerback. He, he is. Yeah. It's not, um, you know, it's, it, it, that's where it kind of gets. Kelvin Joseph puts you in a position where you could be exposed against good teams who have multiple wide receivers, uh, Philadelphia or AJ Brown or Devonte Smith could go off at any time. This I said, it is important. Hey, hey, first round of the playoffs, they're playing at Tampa. Brady's just thrown at him every single time. I mean, we can see that yeah. happening, you know. And that, that's 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 the problem. But, right. Hey, second round pick. Here's the fire. Run in there. See what happens. Yeah, but also that's the thing. First of all, cumulatively, no one is going to have sympathy for the Cowboys in that situation. Like you said, the <laughs> right. the 49ers just lost their starting quarterback. And Anthony Brown was a sixth round pick. Deron Bland is a fifth round pick. Like, you know, I, like at the end of the day, you kind of it, it kind of evens out in a way. Um, say Kelvin Joseph was playing the way Deron Bland is right now, and Deron Bland was playing Kelvin Joseph. I mean, it's you know, then Kelvin, then that's playing at the round of a you know, at the level of a fifth rounder as opposed to a second rounder. So you're definitely not going to get much sympathy um, from, from that. Um, but, I, but I do think that Kelvin Joseph can play up to his caliber a little bit more. But, he, it was, I mean, this game was bad, and a lot of the season has been bad. And this is a big moment for him because if he can run with this and at least be serviceable, that will affect the way the Cowboys look at him in the offseason. And when right. I say that, I mean if he is awful and they're in huge trouble, corner is going to be at the top of the list of their needs. And I'm not saying even if he plays well, it's still going to be part of it. I mean, let's go back Patrick Sertan, J.C. Horn draft. I mean, it was obviously yeah. a, a major concern and, and, and was on the top of their li- wish list before. So if he doesn't perform at that level, it's going to be an, another one of these years where you go into the draft and, and corner is going to be right at the top there because this league is just, it's not going away from from having, you know, three, four good receivers that, every, that the elite teams have. You're going to have, have several good corners. And if Nishan Wright, and Kelvin Joseph can't step into that spot and they can't feel confident there. I think they can resign an Anthony Brown or Jordan Lewis. I don't know if they'll be able to resign both of them. So you're going to have to probably draft another guy there. And let's be honest, they haven't had the same success later in the draft. You know, Nashawn Wright hasn't really hit. Obviously, remember the Reggie Robinson pick. They didn't get anything out, out of him. So, you know, if Kelvin Joseph doesn't hit, that might be where you're looking in the first round next year or this, yeah, next year in the, in the draft because. Uh, it's a p- definitely a position to need, and we know that they're not going to spend significantly on a corner in free agency. You know, and while we're vibing here, um, the, the, the in the short term here is another big win at home and a couple of very winnable games coming up before Philadelphia. If uh, one way to to at least alleviate the defensive um, hit that you're taking by losing Anthony Brown is by adding it and something on the other side, Odell Beckham, and that meeting is. Monday, that's tomorrow? Yeah, so they're meeting with him. Uh, it's funny because, as you can imagine, after the game, you know, Jerry, I think he talked for 15 minutes. 
out of those 15 minutes, probably seven were on Odell. So, um, you know, I think the main things off the game from Jerry that, that I want to get to before my phone dies are, uh, um, Ezekiel Elliott, not getting a start today. First time in his career. He's been, you know, he's played and didn't get a start. Jerry, uh, Jerry tells us that it's because of something that happened in team meeting. So like a, like a cell phone went off or something. So he was kind of being punished, but as Zeke's being asked about it in the locker room after the game, he wants no part of it. And, uh, and, and, and doesn't, he doesn't, um, he doesn't exactly tell the same story. I wasn't over by him. And I'm just going off of what other reporters had told me because I was out there by, by Jerry, but it doesn't sound. Yeah. So it's not something that's considered a major deal, but it was, it's one of those things that it probably happens on a lot of other teams, but a lot of other teams, their owner doesn't go and tell the media what it is, you know, Mike <laughs> McCarthy wasn't going to tell us. Yeah. And Zeke wasn't going to tell us, you know, so, it, <laughs> you know, but Jerry kept reiterating, it's not a big deal. It's just something little, you know, you know, and he, he put it in the realm of, you know, cell phone going off being a little, being like tardy to a meeting. So I don't know, but uh, that was interesting. Anthony Brown, he said, uh, Achilles uh, more than likely season ending. And then on Odell, we just have seen Jerry start turning a little bit more to the, you know, even if we don't know a hundred percent on the health, you know, I might be willing to take a little bit more of a gamble with him because of what his upside is. And we didn't really hear that from Jerry in previous weeks. It was always, you know, we got to see the workout, see where he's at. We need him for this season. And, and he still wants that, but I'm just starting to, you know, if you read the tea leaves and all the reports that are out there over the last couple of days of his visit to New York, his visit to Buffalo, yeah. he's not working out there. Might not be good so, news, yeah. Right. And so, front. right. And so if he's not going to work out for the Cowboys, what, you know, I, I can see them wanting to sign him if he's going to be ready to contribute maybe the last two days of the regular se- last two games of the regular season and then the playoffs. But that's going to be, have to be a heavily incentive-laden contract, contract. I don't know if he's going to want to sign that. So, yes, he will meet with the Cowboys on Monday during the day. Uh, Monday night, he will go to the Mavs-Suns game. Uh, Jerry and Steven have tickets that are right next to the Mavs bench, four seats there. So I don't think he necessarily is going with Jerry or Steven, but I think they're just giving him the tickets. And then on Tuesday is when he'll meet with Dak and some of the other leadership council players uh, on the team. And so I'm thinking that if you you hear a decision from Odell, it probably won't be till Tuesday night, Wednesday, or Thursday at the earliest. I don't think we're going to hear anything on Monday. I think that there's going to be a little bit of a time where he's going to want to go back and talk with his family and see where he's at. But, man, in the last couple of days, there's, there's been that growing belief that, you know, there's a chance that he might not be able to play this year because of that knee. And that you just keep hearing a little bit more and a little bit more of that. So this is by far not, not some done deal that, hey, he's going to be in a Cowboys uniform and contributing in, in like two or three weeks. You know, in my opinion, he needs the Cowboys more than the Cowboys need him because the Cowboys can go still score points. They can still get stops. We'll see what happens with James Washington. They can get by there. And I was thinking about this. They, I, I could see a world. I was looking at contracts earlier for wide receivers because I'm a nerd. And uh, I was like, man, Cedric Wilson, the Dolphins are probably going to cut him. Like, I could see a world where Cedric Wilson's your wide receiver three next year and they just move it on down the road. Like, you don't have to pay Odell Beckham some crazy salary for next year. In fact, it'd be foolish to do that. Yeah, and I don't get the sense that that's going to happen. I'm, I I think it'd be very – if he can't really work out and, and show them anything on the field and they're willing to sign him – I find it hard to believe there's going to be many guarantees long-term in there without knowing exactly where he's at. You know, I mean, he's obviously a freak athlete, elite of the elite when he's right, but to not know exactly where he's at. I mean, Jerry, you can just tell, wants this to happen so badly. But at the same time, if the health isn't right, he's also got to battle with the idea that, 
why would I make this commitment if it's going to factor into hurting the roster next year in terms of signing players? There's a lot of guys that are going to be free agents. There's a lot of moves that they need to make, keep this group together. So uh, there's going to be a lot of factors that go in, but I just can't think of a guy that recently Jerry's Jerry has wanted as much as he's wanted Odell Beckham. It's very clear. Yeah, and KT, to your point, I, I, I don't think the Cowboys are in a position, which is a good thing. You you know, the, the fact that Odell is a luxury for them, um, the way Gallup is coming along better, the way that we've kind of seen him move and even get along better or get get on the same page more with Dak. Like, I thought his touchdown there where, you know, it was scramble drill, the way that he moved and the way that he kind of read the play and moved with Dak and the way that, you know, he's running and jumping and all that stuff, all that's getting better. And I think that's all going to be, uh, that's all going to be something that, you know, is... I think factors in for them as well. You know, absolutely. I agree 100%. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, we'll be back a little bit later in the week as we get you ready for uh, the Texans, Texans week. Also, we'll find out John's top five favorite records of all time. I think we get into that because Texans week. <laughs> we'll see where we're at on Odell Beckham. Um, 54 nights. Twitter's, Twitter's going to be going nuts when he's at the Mavs game. They're going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, Odell's the Mavs game. He's a cowboy. That's gonna, yeah, and he's going to be on the Manning cast. That. It's going to be a lot going on. Yeah. Um, and, and, and he might be a cowboy, but the thing is, is what is he going to be able to contribute is what we yes. don't know. And we certainly are not going to know that from him sitting courtside at a Mavericks game. And, you know, mm-hmm. so, yeah, but you're right. No, it is, it's going to be a huge deal for sure. We know just as much as what James Washington could contribute. Right. You know, like it's it's strange, but that's where we're at. Uh, John, you're at the stadium. Closing thoughts, man. One Was, was LeBron in the house tonight, John? I did not see him. Oh. I did not see LeBron. I did not see Michael Shea. Um, so my closing thoughts would be probably as much as the first half, you know, might annoy some people cause you expect them just to come out there and throttle this, you know, subpar team that's not playing up to your level. Uh, I just thought that the way that when things started rolling in the right direction, the way they capitalized, I thought that was huge. And I, I just think it's a good sign for where they're headed right now. And just the way that they're scoring, the way that Dak has looked, uh, his, you know, the way that Schultz and CD and Gallup are coming along, there's just a lot of positive things there. And then you add in Tyron Smith to the mix. There's just a lot of things headed in the right direction. And then defensively, I just can't say it enough. I mean, to, to, to play the way they did to get the takeaways that they did and, and, and none of it really be because of a monster game from Demarcus Lawrence, Trayvon Diggs, and, uh, Micah Parsons is, is big. I mean, that just, that is one of the, that, that's just something that you don't see very often. And, and that's the thing. Usually when, when Micah doesn't perform as well, that next game, he usually really shows up. And maybe that, that is the case against the Texans. 
don't know that they need that against the Texans. But no, biggest takeaway is just the Cowboys are headed in the right direction. Nothing happened tonight that 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 stopped me from thinking that they're not still one of the, the top teams in this league, and they have as good a chance as anybody to make to make a run, whether that be as a road team, as a wild card, or if they win the NFC East and they get a bye. For me, I just think that this team can win on the road, at home, good teams, middle of the pack teams. Uh, everything's there. Everything's there. As long as they can avoid any type of injury, bu- major injury bugs, uh, they're right there with everybody else. All right, what about you, Saad? Closing thoughts? Yeah, I mean, really just two things. One, you know, to echo, you know, kind of what John said. And for me, like, you know, nothing that they could have done in this game. You know, they could have won by two touchdowns. They could have won by 40. Like, it wouldn't have really mattered. Um, I, You know, they're well, clearly they're a better team than the Colts. This, this was not a measuring stick game. So, you know, I didn't I'm not going to put too much stock into it. For me, the biggest the biggest win for the Cowboys and, and, and you know, like I don't mean to be insensitive to this is just Jimmy Garoppolo's injury like that's that that's kind of you know in this entire day that's where the Cowboys really advanced their postseason chances the most was when was Jimmy Garoppolo getting hurt um unfortunately like you know you don't wish injury on him but I'm just saying like just realistically speaking um one quick thing that I just want to get y'all's take on um just to just to know if I'm crazy or not should Jeff Saturday have not challenged that like what what like that that uh like Okay, maybe the ball did hit the turf on that on that Dak pass, but if you're if you're the Colts coach and and Dallas is driving down in there, do you not at least just throw the challenge flag there? You probably should. I I, I it looked pretty from the one angle. It looked like it definitely hit the ground, and because of where the one official was and immediately said it was incomplete, there is some stuff I've heard from Mike McCarthy and other coaches that there are certain plays like that where it's so definitive with the with the official that they know it's going to be so hard to overturn that because they've already ruled that it was going to be incomplete and the chances of them overturning it are so small but but to your point side with the issues like they had last week with the clock management and, and obviously a first-time head coach all that stuff I mean and, and I would be lying if I didn't say that there were people in, in the press box that were like how are you not challenging that and and there's a part of you that thinks with where that team's at they should um, I just don't think that there was any chance it was get, it was going to get overturned, but I'm 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 sure that Colts fans don't want to hear that. Yeah. Well, yeah. That that's you know that. But overall, KT, like you know, I I just don't think there's too much yeah. to take away from the game. So you know, it was it, it was a fine win. Sure. Well, yeah, absolutely. What you said about Jimmy Garoppolo's key, to, the most impressive I think NFL victory for me this year was what the Eagles did to the Titans today. I mean, the Titans, whatever you want to say about them, how whatever you think they're good or not or how good they are, they're a physical, feisty team who hangs around, and the Eagles straight up ran them today. And then, you know, on the flip side, the Eagles also had to pull a rabbit out of their head, as Jason Witten would say, to beat the Colts, right? <laughs> I mean, right. What, whatever you thought about the first uh, uh, 43 minutes of game time tonight, yeah, the the. Eagles needed all 60 and barely beat the Colts by one. A little different situation for the what, Colts at the time, but what what's more impressive to you? That that win uh at home against Tennessee or uh the Cowboys winning at Minnesota 40 to 3. Can I can I do you one more and say week 2 beating the Bengals with Cooper Rush? Yeah. But, but I just yes. said 40 to 3. That 40 to 3 is just one of those where I was like, "Damn, that was that was a message to the rest of the league that, yeah. you know, we're here type thing, you know? Yeah, no, it's weird. 
It's late, it looks weird. It was good to do it at home. We haven't had a big blowout at home in a long time. It seems well since last year, I guess. But yeah, just <laughs> that Falcons game last year. You, you, you just got to bring Matt Ryan in here and put him up against a Dan Quinn defense. Yeah. Great pop <laughs> goes the weasel celebration from Zeke and yeah, popping was, out of the was. kettle. Oh my gosh! Is that Dak with the crank? Oh my gosh! That was. Anytime that was anybody starts heading to that kettle, I get my phone ready because I know that there's <laughs> okay. got to be some type of video I need it's, to post it's immediately. The best. They're coming up with a new ways every single week to uh, use the right. kettle. I love it. Well, that reminds me. Yeah, it I guess they're going like to. 2016. I guess, they're gonna, I guess yeah. uh, if it happens again, they're going to pick up McCarthy and put him in there. And one thing I'll never Can you just imagine that? if they did that? Please. <laughs> Could Carry you him just over imagine there? if they did that? The internet would break. It really, it really would. would break. That's, the kettle might break. Yeah. What? Are they putting him in a chair? Okay. So I guess they got all those close games in 2016 and, and just the dance parties in the end zone that were happening that year. Oh, and Zeke, it's, Zeke, that's when he first peer, peered out of the kettle. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It was a good right there. Long time ago, Richard Sherman was in the league playing for. Was he still with Dan Quinn at the time? I don't just put your connections together. Just give a little thought. The phone ringing in the case. John, are you going to go friend. to the Mavs game and stalk Odell, though? Or are you going to try and get a ticket and try and, you know? Oh, he's out. His phone died. Phone died. Go. All right. There I goes Father John Mishota, live at the American Airlines Center. He was going to go track that Chris Paul, Kim Kardashian story for us, but <laughs> oh, we, just, we just can't. We just can't. Well, for Saad Youssef, who uh, covers those Dallas Stars so diligently, I mean, they had a game this evening. How about that? Well, today. Um, uh, way to go uh, covering that shootout loss there. Uh, overtime loss. Was it a shootout? Yeah, it was overtime loss. Yeah, it was a shootout, yeah. I was watching NFL, man. I'm not going to lie to you. I like the Stars, but they're more of a weeknight team for me in NFL season. <laughs> um, for Kent Garrison, I'm KT. We'll be back in a couple days to get you ready for those hated Houston Texans. That's on the next episode of About Them Cowboys. See ya. Mm-hmm. This is a tasty burger. <laughs>